Clay Scroggins is a best-selling author and he's a sought-after speaker. For nearly 20 years, Clay has served in several pastoral roles, including North Point Ministries. That's a multi-site church based in Alpharetta, Georgia, and the lead pastor of Buckhead Church, one of their largest campuses. Clay, thanks so much for joining me. Kirk, so glad to be with you, man. I'm a, uh, what, what is the term? Long-time listener, first-time caller? Yeah. Uh, but really <laughs> grateful, grateful to get to be with you. Likewise. Well, I, I love that we're talking about leadership and, and how to be an effective leader even when we're not in charge. Uh, so many of us as parents of adult children are interested in this topic or people who work in positions where we're trying to get the team together, but we haven't been bestowed with authority to command people uh, what to do. So uh, let, yeah. let's go back and, and find out a little bit about how you got to where you are. Uh, your ministry is primarily focused on leadership development. Why did you step away from your role as a pastor? Well, I still preach a lot at churches, so I still feel very connected to the local church. Uh, our family still a part of the church that I worked for for almost 20 years. But uh, 2017, I released this book uh, called How to Lead When You're Not in Charge. I was really just trying to capture my own journey, my professional journey, and I was dealing with so many young adults, so many people that are kind of growing into their careers that were uh, experiencing something real similar to what I was experiencing, which is I was trying to make a difference. I was trying to move things forward. I had ideas. I had dreams and plans and hopes. And I kept thinking, oh, well, if I could just get my boss's job, then I could really get all of this done. <laughs> right. And I would, you know, the, the disillusionment honestly happened over time because I did, I would get a couple of promotions. I worked in student ministry for a while, and then I became a campus pastor of a smaller campus and then a larger one. With every one of those moves, I had that sense of, uh, it was a little bit of a letdown because I would think, oh, okay, now I'm going to be able to do what I feel like God's put me on the planet to do, what I feel like God has put in my heart to do. But uh, the, the more what I learned over and over again is just as you put it, um, just because you have the title, just because you have the authority, it doesn't mean that you are an effective leader. And there's big ramifications for that. So I wrote it all down, published this book, and then have really um, just enjoyed the opportunities to get to speak on this topic and try to help leaders uh, and help churches uh, learn how to leverage influence, particularly when they lack authority. We've always heard that leadership and authority go hand in hand. Uh, is that always the case? And do you have to have authority in order to lead? You know, if you trace it back to where did we learn that idea, um, I, I, I think of that as a myth of leadership uh, that we do. We kind of grow to believe that, oh, well, the person in charge is therefore the leader. You know, we learn it as a kid. It's the teacher. It's the principal, the coach, the I mean, the bus driver, the, you know, who, whoever a kid looks at as the authority figure, naturally we think, well, that's the one leading. And so then I think we come into our careers uh, thinking, okay, well, if I'm going to be a leader, if I'm going to make things happen, and, and by the way, I think that desire in us to make a difference in this world is a God-given, baked into our DNA um, instinct that he's given us. And if we just sit back and go, well, I'm going to wait until I get mm -hmm. to be in that position of authority, then I'll be a leader. Well, you just end up, you end up wasting opportunities. You end up missing opportunities. And so I'm, you know, Kirk, there's a lot of things that you and I are passionate about, but for, for me, 
I love the idea of helping people grow, helping people come alive to the idea that, oh, God has put me on this planet for a reason and I don't have to wait until I get into a certain position or have a certain Mm -hmm. level of authority Mm -hmm. to be able to uh, move out on that or to be able to begin to try to execute or push that forward. Okay, let me ask it to you this way. Uh, What is the difference between authority and leadership? I was in college, I think I was 20, 21 years old. And uh, truth be told, I needed, I needed an easy A. And I found that the state of Georgia, I went to Georgia Tech in, in the middle of Atlanta, studied engineering, and I had gotten real involved in our church and was thinking I was gonna move toward ministry, but I wanted to try this political thing. So I worked in the state capital, uh, the state capital here in Atlanta. And I worked in the governor's office and I was, you know, as an intern, you make copies, you get coffee, you know, all those things. But if, if you do those faithfully, you end up finding yourself in rooms uh, where you learn a lot. And so I remember this one particular day I was in the uh, I was sitting in, in, in this meeting uh, where the governor was a part of it. His whole, you know, his cabinet was all involved with it. And they were talking about transportation or education or something. And he was so um, he couldn't get them to do what he wanted them to do. And he starts banging the table. And at one point he yells above everyone and says, I am the governor of the state of Georgia. Listen to me. And I remember, you know, as a 21 year old, I remember sitting back thinking and granted, I had, you know, to my knowledge, I had not read a leadership book. I had never been to a leadership conference, but I remember thinking, oh no, something's broken, right? If he's having to wave his authority around as the thing that's gonna get people to do what he wants them to do, it just doesn't work that way. And, I, and we're, we're finding this out with younger leaders. Younger leaders are just not interested in that kind of leadership style, that command and control, you do what I say to do because I'm in charge. I don't think it ever really worked, but it's certainly, it's certainly not the way Jesus led, and it's certainly not the way, uh, I don't think it's what we're looking for in the future. So the difference between authority and influence is I don't have to wave my power around. I don't have to wave my title around. I have built a relationship with you. I know how to invest in you. I know how to encourage you. And I know how to cast such a vision that when we say, hey, here's what we're going to do, people go, ah, that makes total sense. Let's start moving that way. So, Clay, can you think of an example of somebody who has had great influence in your life who did not have authority over you? Well, there's certainly great, you know, there's loads of examples in history, you know, not just in directly in my own life, but indirectly. I mean, here in Atlanta, we're, you know, obviously really proud of the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, You know, he was never the, he was never given the, oh, this is going to be the leader of the civil rights movement. No, he was the, you know, uh, associate pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church. He was the president of the uh, Southern Leadership Conference, but he influenced others in such a powerful way that he made a significant difference, uh, not just, you know, indirectly in my life, but directly in a lot of people's lives. But, um, you know, for me, it's, you know, I've had a, there's a a cousin of mine who was in our family, kind of the first one who broke out of what was normal in our family. Well, it was abnormal to go into ministry and to become a pastor. And, you know, that as a, as a teenager watching him do that, and then the way he invested in my life, uh, that really paved the way for me so that when I went and told my parents that I was going to take this engineering degree and not not throw it away, but not use it, but instead uh, go into full-time ministry, um, I don't know, there, there, was a, there, there, was, there was a pathway for that because of what he had done. So, 
you know, I think everybody has someone. Every I love the question because everybody's got someone in their life who has made a significant difference, but they didn't have the title. They didn't have the position or the authority uh, to be able to do that. Uh, and I think that's, it's not only worth noting and it's being worth being grateful for, but on the flip side is how can we become that kind of leader that is not relying on authority, but really has learned how to leverage influence, how to cultivate influence, and then how to leverage it for God's kingdom to be able to move people to accomplish great things. That's the hope of it all. Talk about how authority sure. can be both a blessing and a curse. How can authority influence leaders in a positive way or empower them positively, but also be a real danger? That, that's a really interesting angle on it, Kirk. And I, I, I wrote so much on this topic. You know, I set out because again, I was just trying to explain my own journey. I'd realized that this had made a big difference in my life, kind of the aha, the light bulb of, oh, I don't have to have more authority. I can become uh, all that God has wanted me to become in the position that I'm currently in. So I was really focused on how do I cultivate influence? How do I grow my influence? And what I realized along the way, what I realized in the process is that, um, as, as you put it, once you, if you can learn how to cultivate influence when you're not in charge, when you get authority, you will become the kind of leader that people want to follow. And so, you know, for those men and women that are watching this today that find themselves in a position where they are in charge of something, the question is, have you cultivated the kind of trust with people, the kind of influence yes. with people yeah. where you can leverage that trust and that influence where you don't have to rely on the authority to get people to move like you want them to move or to, to get them to do the things that they might not want to do to accomplish the things that you know they want to accomplish. Can you do that uh, without having to lean on authority? You know, Jesus said it. He said, hey, if you want to be great, great. Go, go be great. But the way, the pathway to become great is not to, as he said, don't become like those who, who lord their authority over others. They kind of keep people under their thumb. He said, no, 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 you go and you serve because the ones that serve, the ones that give their life away, the ones that are willing to be last, the mm. ones that say, no, no, yeah. you all go first. Those are the ones in the kingdom of God who are going to be the great leaders, according to Jesus. He said, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So this is really, this is taking a playbook out of the leadership style of Jesus himself, who had ultimately had all the authority, but didn't leverage his authority as something to be grasped or hold, held on to. No, he poured it out on behalf of others. In your book, you say that leaders who leverage their authority to get things done are not great leaders. What do you mean by that? We all know people who um, unfortunately have to do that. And, and there, are, there are some times when that is important, right? I mean, I, you, the military is a great example. You know, there are times in the military where you don't have time to say, well, John, let, let me talk about it. how do you feel about this? And does this make sense to you? And I want to make sure the plan is clear. I mean, sometimes you got to say, no, here's what we're doing and we've got to go now. But those moments in actual life are very few and far between. But if you're, if you're constantly um, commanding others and dictating to others, you know, it's just not what, it's not what moves people. I mean, e even you think about the way God has done it, that it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, right? That it's not the authority of God that leads us to repentance. Now, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. So there is this sense of recognizing his authority. So to, to your point, we're not throwing out authority, but I do think as a, as a human being, as a finite person, I've got to make a decision. 
how am I going to move people? How am I going to influence people? Because it's ultimately how am I going to love people? And if you if you're only doing it because you're you've got the power to do it or the authority to do it, you're just going to wait. You're going to sit back and wait and miss out on a lot. Or uh, on the flip side, you're gonna um, you're gonna be like that that governor waving his authority around, uh, which does it works in the short term, right? I mean, you would you would do it if it kept your job, right? But eventually, you're gonna update your LinkedIn profile and find, go find your password to do that and uh, go find another job because it's just not, it's just, it just doesn't work. It, it's never really worked, but it certainly doesn't work. Clay, I think you're exactly right. The ultimate model that we have for uh, having great influence even over many, many people uh, and not relying on your position of authority is the example that God gives us. Um, the scriptures tell us that we love God uh, because he first loved us. He has all authority. And yes, he's commanded us. The greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart. But we are compelled internally by a, a gratitude engine for what he has done and how he's invested in us at the cross and with the Holy Spirit. Clay, you mentioned earlier the importance of a strong sense of your identity as a leader. Mm -hmm. what, what are the key components of a strong identity? Yeah, the, I think it is, uh, that's a great great question for every every leader to answer. And by the way, when I say a leader, I mean every person because every person has this opportunity to influence and impact other people. I think the components are, um, I see them as behaviors that, and this is what happened in my own personal journey. I, I tried to look in the mirror and go, all right, if I'm going to learn to leverage influence, whether I have authority to be able to do the things I want to do or not, what are the things I need to do? Yeah. And so um, for me, it was really learning how to lead myself well. Uh, Self-leadership is um, it's a pretty simple concept, but it's obviously not really easy to do. If we could get ourselves to do the things that we knew we need to do, we would all be better people for it. Um, the second one is to choose positivity. It's really to, to see life through, these, through a lens of um, anything is possible, forward thinking, can do, hope-filled attitude as followers of Jesus I mean, we should have the most enthusiasm, positive spirit of anybody on the planet because the tomb is empty because of what we believe to be true about mm. our Savior. The third one is to think critically, so to, so to bring, to learn how to bring value to things, to learn how to bring value to to the organization or to the family or to the relationship. Of course, that's not easy to do because technology has gotten in the way. It's become such a distraction in our ability to think critically because it's uh, it's really it's, it's, it's caused us to get so distracted in those moments when we used to would have been able to come up with an idea or come up with a, a plan. Uh, we're so focused on the things that get in our way really easily. And then the last one is something that I feel like we've got to, we've got to withstand or we've got to get away from, but it's the idea of rejecting passivity. So when, when you're not the leader, when you're not the boss, when you're not the, the authority figure, uh, you don't get to make all the decisions, and that's difficult because when you take away the joy of the decision, you take away the joy of the job. And so learning how to not become passive, but learning how to be as active as possible, uh, to be as assertive as possible in, in the most healthy way, uh, those are the four, to me, the four behaviors that I try to look into the mirror mm -hmm. and try to yeah. uh, install and grow in so that I could grow in my influence, whether I was in charge of all that I wanted to be or not. These 
behaviors are so important. And, and what I want to know is how do we get there? How do you actually develop those things? Because I can think of some scenarios just as a, as a family man. You know, I've, I've got an ability to lead myself. You know, I get up, I try to have my morning devotions and take care of myself uh, in, in body, mind, and spirit. But this idea of, of hopelessness can creep in. I mean, look, I've, I've got three dogs at my house and my chihuahua is running the place. And when it comes to hopelessness, man, I've, I've got it in, in like truckloads. And I wonder if I'll ever be able to get this little animal under control. Um, <laughs> what do you do when you feel like you've yeah. fallen into a, a, a hole of despair and that there's just no hope? Even if you do have authority, you've failed to be able to influence a situation for the good. You know, I don't, I don't do this every time, but what I try to do is I try to go to Philippians. I feel like Philippians is the letter for me when I'm feeling that, you know, which is so common. I mean, you, you know, I was, I was talking to a leader last week that I'm trying to help coach who just received, uh, they, they were doing some feedback with her whole sales team and she gets all the feedback. And as she finds out on the survey, oh my goodness, these people are not happy. These people are frustrated. These people are upset. I've tried to make a bunch of changes and they're just, they're not accepting them and they're being critical of the organization and of her and her leadership. And, you know, I, in, in that conversation, we went to Philippians to just go, all right, let's take a step back. Let's breathe. And then let's just take a quick read through Philippians. And so I really stop and try to read through it. You know, the apostle Paul, a lot of people that are, you know, for those of you, I'm sure a lot of your people, uh, your viewers are biblical scholars, but he wrote, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote Philippians while he was in a Roman jail. And, you know, Rome is known for a lot. Uh, they were not known for their uh, Kush prisons, right? I mean, it was not, it was not um, where you wanted to be necessarily. But he's writing this letter, and what, what's interesting is the word that he uses over and over again is joy, that he's choosing joy in the midst of his circumstances, that he's, he's able to look at not the chains and not the prison guard that he's attached to probably, but he's looking at all of the difference that God is making through his attitude. Um, one of my favorite little sections is in chapter one where he says, look, look around, look at all the brothers and sisters who have been encouraged in their faith and they've become more fearless because of the perspective that I've been able to have while I'm in chains. And so I think that letter is a great, place for any person today to go to that's thinking, you know, I just, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not, I'm feeling down. I'm feeling despair. I'm feeling disillusioned. I'm feeling disappointment. Uh, I would take a quick read through Philippians and let those mm. words from the Apostle Paul encourage your, your soul. Sometimes people say, man, I'm not in charge. Don't look at me. This is not my problem right? I'm, I'm, the buck doesn't stop with me. Talk to the guy in charge. Mm -hmm. How do we develop this instinct to this initiative to solve problems when we see it or to influence toward a solution when we see it? What you just explained, that is so common. I mean, that is what, that's what happens. It gets inside of you because, because you're not the boss. You're not the, hey, I, I, I threw my idea out and they didn't take it. Or I told them what I think we ought to do and they didn't. It's so easy to abdicate, yeah. right? To throw our hands up and go, well, hey, I'm if, not the boss. Go if you don't want to listen to me, I've given you my suggestions. So why don't we just try it your way and see how that works? I'll sit over here there and I'll, I'll score your performance it. when you're done. Quick little story. I was speaking to a, the faculty of a dental school. Um, they were wonderful, wonderful people, obviously care deeply about what they're doing and 
this guy, I get done talking about this. I sit down at their table and I say, hey, so what did you, what did you all think? What did you take away from that? And he said, you know, um, I just, I sat there and I kept thinking about the administration of our school. I've told them for years that we need a mentoring program. I've worked here for 30 years. I've mentioned it numerous times and they've never done anything about it. When I started my job, I didn't know anything about how to teach. I didn't know anything about how to help students. And I wish somebody would have helped me and there was no one there. And so I've told them we need a mentoring program and they've done nothing about it. I sat there and listened to him and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm such a failure. I just talked about this concept because I mean, Kirk, what could the guy do? He doesn't have to wait for a mentoring program, right? I mean, the most obvious thing that he could start doing is mentoring someone, right? I mean, you don't have to have (laughs) the authority to do that. You don't have to have the commission to you go mentor. You just take the next new hire and go, hey, I just want to let you know I've worked here for 30 years. I can't give you everything that you're going to need to succeed, but I would love to be able to tell you everything I've learned and try to help you see the landmines that I was unfortunately, you know, unable to avoid. And I would love to help you. I mean, it. and yeah. what would happen is he'd get so much fulfillment from it. And But that kind of, that kind of intentionality and activity, instead of blaming, when we sense the blame or when we start to accept the status quo, those are the things we got to pay attention to in our in our minds okay. and in our souls to go, oh no, I've become passive. Okay. What about a scenario where you are looking to influence your boss and your boss does have authority? You're no longer concerned about influencing those uh, around you or beneath you, but now you want to try to help the guy who actually is in charge. How do you do that respectfully and effectively? Well, first you got to recognize that it is possible. Uh, I think a lot of people have given up on that because maybe you've tried before and it didn't work, right? Um, you've had a bad haircut. You don't stop getting haircuts. You've gone to a bad dentist. It doesn't mean you just rule out dentists from here on out, right? So I do think you've got to recognize that it, it is possible to do this. In fact, it's it's also possible to get some things done with a bad boss. I mean, if we just look throughout the Old Testament, even the New Testament, there's plenty that God did, plenty of great activity of God under a bad boss. And so just because you have a bad boss today doesn't mean that it's uh, that God can't move, that God can't work. But yeah, you got to figure out, all right, what's going to be my strategy? How am I going to influence my boss? I do think modeling followership, letting people know, hey, I am under, I am a man, I am a woman under authority, um, getting rid of the sour that happens at the water cooler or the trash talk that happens, you know, when the boss is out of the room or the texting under the table that happens about, you know, most meetings about the boss. You got to decide, all right, I'm not going to be about that. I'm going to honor my authority. I'm going to choose to be a wind in the sail of my authority. And then I'm going to find the right approach. I'm not going to take no for an answer, but I'm going to take no and I'm going to reframe it as not yet. So I'm going to try to figure out how do I come at it from a different angle. Maybe it means I've got to get a better plan. Maybe I need Uh. a different plan. Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe I need to find some other ways to get this funded. But just um, giving up, you know, getting to the point where you go, I can't. She'll never listen. He'll never listen. Um, That's I think that's the first step in approaching your boss well is just recognizing, no, this is possible to change her mind or to change his mind. Clay, how can people get more information and where can they find your book? How do we learn these principles? Well, honestly, my hope, my heart out of all of this is not that somebody would go buy my book. If you did, you know, that would be wonderful. I've got No, no, we want your book. How how do we find it? (laughs) (laughs) But if they if they wanted to buy it, it's everywhere that books are sold. So they shouldn't have a hard time finding it. But I really am um, my hope, you know, my 
you know, ring the bell for the whole world to hear is we've got, there's a lot of good that can be accomplished and we've got to decide, am I going to do it through power and through position or am I going to be willing to do it through cultivating influence? And so, um, you know, I, I release a weekly newsletter. You can go to my website, claysgroggins.com. You can find me on social media. And I, honestly, I would be genuinely excited to connect with any of your viewers, mm. Kurt. But my hope is that somebody today would go, you know what? Uh, the way I see my job is different because I've been able to experience takeaways today. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.